Yeah. Pastor Rasan didn't realize, but that um, he told me he said there's another song about her that I like. And the song he played, I've been listening to both those songs all week long. I'm going to speak the name of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And God kind of um, has made me uncomfortable this week, this past several weeks, actually. And I was talking to Pastor Rasan yesterday on the phone and I'm like going I had to go to Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 17 he says gird up your loins go speak everything that I command you don't be dismayed by these people don't be dismayed by their faces I'm going to make you look like a fool if you get up here and try, try and talk about what you want to talk about Amen. I want to get up here and tell, other, tell everybody about the love of Jesus you know I love telling people about Jesus and, and, and God blessed me and gave me an opportunity to run into somebody the other day on um, Friday, yesterday. And somebody that I shared the love of Jesus with two years ago with a Walmart, and I run into him in a Wawa. <laughs> and I'm like, and God put on my heart to bless him with $5. And I'm like, I've got six bucks in my pocket. I'm going, okay, I don't need that coffee. And I went and I blessed him, and, and he didn't remember me. And then I told him, I said, don't you remember? I said, I was telling you, you know, I said, the first words out of my mouth, I believe, were Jesus loves you. He's going, I said, and then we prayed on the corner, and he's like, well, yeah, I remember you, dude. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, brother. God bless you. And, you know, but the title of my message, I was sitting out. And, and I'm thinking and reflecting over my life is, and this it just flashed through my spirit across my mind about three weeks ago is what color is God? And I'm like, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, after I talked to Rasan yesterday, I'm like, going, God, why don't you give him this word to speak? And he's like, because I gave it to you. He don't want. He don't always want us to do what makes us comfortable. He don't want us always. He don't want us to live for our pleasure, but to live for His pleasure. And, and if we're walking around in comfort our whole lives, and in, in, in doing what makes us happy, and makes us feel good about ourselves, are we pleasing God? So I'm like, yes, Lord. I read Jeremiah chapter 1 again. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, you got this. I can't do this. I'm, I'm, I'm not a public speaker. I'm not eloquent with my words. But, Father God, I'm here. You can use me if this is what you want me to speak on. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. So this is what he put on my heart. When, when he was speaking to me about being comfortable. And that's, and that's actually why I'm in a suit, or, or what I call a suit, <laughs> and wearing a tie, because I'm not comfortable. And I'm not comfortable in a tie. I'm not comfortable in a suit. I normally wear a suit and a tie at a wedding and a funeral. You know? and, and God said, I don't want you to be comfortable. You know, I'm used to, I, I, when I 
when I'm at work, I'm in my pain clothes or work clothes, holes in knees, pain all over me. God will put on my heart, go share his love with somebody and because he wants to use everybody for who they are and who he created them to be just the way they are. But he presents opportunities like tonight to see if we're going to be obedient in every situation and, and, and if, if we're willing to make ourselves uncomfortable for his glory and his glory alone. Amen. But this word, I just want to get it straight, and I know you all know, this word is God-breathed. It's God-breathed, it's penned by man, but inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. In Proverbs 30, verse 5, and I've used this quite often because I love it, because it's what I believe, that every word of God is pure, and he is a shield to those that trust him. And I'm going to trust him tonight. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech, nor of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. In my message, my preaching, were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not rest, that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. But on the power of God. Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. Every time I get up to speak on your behalf, Lord God, to, to share with others what you share with me in my heart and my spirit and my inner man, Lord God, I'm scared to death, Lord. I'm not scared of these people. I'm not scared of anybody who might be looking on the Internet, Lord God. But I'm scared of you, Lord God. I, I fear you because you can kill my body and my soul and cast me into hell, Lord God. All they can do is kill my body, Father God. But you've got this, Lord God. I can't do anything without you. I can't even breathe without you because you are the air I breathe. You breathe life into me, Lord God. You put this word on my heart. Holy Spirit, just have your way tonight in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, and then God had put that on my heart to, to show me. Paul was apprehensive at times. He said he came with much trembling in his speech. And I know every time I get up to speak God's word, I, I get a little bit nervous and apprehensive. And, and a little fearful, but it's not the fear of y'all or anybody in this room or anybody on this earth, but it's the fear of God because I don't want to misrepresent His Word and, and His sovereignty. But as I'm reading this, so I read this because it, it comforts me to know that Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, is, is talking about 
dwells with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. So it, it, it comforts me. So I read that anytime I speak, whether I put it in the sermon or not. So I open my eyes in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 through 25. The Bible says, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, that the cross of Christ should not be made void. For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Is not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom for since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed Jews ask for signs, Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And I'm going to read that again. It says, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And we, God is all-powerful. How can, then why would this say, and the weakness of God is stronger than men? What is God's weakness? That's what I ask myself. What is God's weakness? In John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's love for us was his weakness. But his love displayed on that cross, Jesus Christ and him crucified, his power and his life-giving power. But his weakness is his love for us, that he loved us so much that he gave Jesus to come and walk sinless to that cross, to lay his life down. It's a perfect sacrifice because we couldn't. Because there's no way we could earn ourselves back into a right relationship with God. So therefore he sent Jesus. Because that's the only thing I can figure. If y'all know of any other weakness that God has. Or if I'm wrong in my speaking. But I believe that's what God spoke to me. That his weakness is his love for humanity. That he doesn't want any of us to perish. And he was willing to send Jesus. And all we have to do is trust him. When, he, when the Holy Spirit draws us to commit and surrender our lives to Him. So I'm sitting here and I open my eyes again because I'm praying and I'm meditating on what is the weakness of God. And I open my eyes and, and, and I believe it's His love for us. 
But then in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and there be no divisions among you, but you be made complete in the same mind and the same judgment. It would be made complete as a unit. In the Gospel of John, chapter 17, Jesus prayed for us to be united as one as he and the Father are. So we're to be united as the body of Christ. You know, it calls us to unity. The world causes division. We listen to the world and the wisdom of this world causes division in a lot of different ways. But Christ when we come together in Christ, Christ calls us to unity. Amen. He calls us his bride, and a bride infers one, one person, because in Genesis, it talks about Adam and Eve becoming husband and wife and becoming one flesh. So if we're the bride of Christ, he calls us the bride that's inferring one, this unity is one coming together with him and becoming one when he comes back to receive us to his glory. And at this point, I'm, I'm going, okay, guys, why did you give me the title to this message, What Color is God? I'm like going, that's, you know, pretty good, but, you know, and then he gave me other stuff on division and unity and about how the church is inviting the ways of the world into the body of Christ, which, you know, Jesus talks about the wheats and the tares, that, that you're going to have the wheat and the tares grow together, and that Jesus will come back, and the angels are going to separate the wheats and wheat from the tares. So, I'm, I'm still at a loss on, on one thing at this point, but he's telling me, you know, because the Bible tells us that a man will leave his mother and father, cling to his wife, and become one flesh. The world is starting to call sin. They're not calling it sin. They're not calling sin, sin. And some churches were not calling sin, sin. And I, I saw something that really disturbed me a couple of weeks ago. And it was in the Episcopalian church that they just um, ordained the first transgender bishop. And I'm like, where? I'm, I'm, I'm digging through the Bible. I'm like going, how can a church ordain 
transgender bishop or pastor or preacher of the word and of life. How, if we're children of God, can we bless sin? How can we bless sin and, and call it okay because the world calls it okay? The world wants us to think it's normal. I saw where they were teaching kindergartners last week. I was, saw a thing. Kindergartners in um, Connecticut, a mother was on there with a book that they were teaching her child, and it was about transgender. It was about, it's not just male and female. But the Bible clearly tells us in Genesis, he made he, him, and her female. Made him male, her female. Husband and wife will cling together. They'll leave, the husband will leave his mother and father and cling to his wife and become one flesh. So how can the church, unless it's not... Committed and committed and surrendered to God. It's not committed and surrendered to Jesus Christ. They do not believe in Jesus Christ because that word believe means to commit and surrender. How in the world can anybody, if, if, you're, if anybody's sitting in the church, if you're looking on this camera, if anybody's sitting in the church and your pastor is openly transgender, openly gay, you need to turn around and run out. Pray for his salvation, but don't sit up under and learn how to twist the word to make him feel good about the way he's chose to live. Because sin is sin. Homosexuality is it's a sin, but the Bible also tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, it tells us, it goes through the sins and it talks about homosexual. Homosexuals won't inherit the kingdom of God, but also says adulterers. And you have some churches that are telling, you know, that are not calling people out on adultery. They're not, they know they're not living right, drunkards, because the drunkard will not inherit the kingdom of God, is what my Bible tells me. I was a drunkard. I was an adulterer for 30 years. My adultery is no worse than, than this. my uncle had a relationship with another man for 50 years. You know, his homosexuality was a sin that was keeping him out of heaven. My adultery, if I didn't change my direction, repent, turn 180 degrees, quit trusting myself, quit living to please myself, and, and just start living to please God mm -hmm. I was going straight to hell I wasn't going to inherit the kingdom of God living in adultery Amen. so we can we can call sin sin because the Bible calls it a sin Amen. Jesus calls it a sin God declares that it's a sin but then I'm, on, I'm watching this thing and I'm like this pastor of a church, 14,000 people, and you know the world, he's like apologizing to his congregation for being white. 
he's apologizing to his congregation for being white. And I start praying, I'm like going, and I didn't have to dig real deep to, you know, figure this out because when, back in 2012, um, I was with Pastor Mark in Next Step Ministries, and we were invited to a church called End in, in Times Harvest, which I, I still pray for Pastor Corona and Nathaniel and their ministry, but we were invited to teach on soul women how to share your faith so we're out here and we go in and Mark is um, half Korean half white if you want to put you know labels on it because actually we're all the same color I, I looked it up I was talking to Marshall about that the last week that it melanin we all have melanin the same melanin in our skins and it's just I happen to have less melanin than Marshall does and I have less than my sister pastor over here and I have less than my other pastor and, and I have less than Mark because we're all different shades of the same color scientifically that's science and 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 the thing about it that's so funny is that in every one of us in here, there's about 34 trillion cells. The God took the time and the meticulous detail to create us all. And we were all created in His image. Well, actually Adam was created in His image and Adam fell. And Jesus came and died on that cross. So we could come back into the image of God. We could come back into that right relationship, that fellowship and oneness with God. And it's in, in the Bible talks about race. But before I get to that, when I was at End Times Harvest, this is, you know, I, I've always loved people. And, and when my kids were little, I had a picture of my youngest son, Frankie, and his two best friends, one was a black boy and one was a Mexican boy. I hope he was Mexican. He, Louis, if you're not Mexican, you're Spanish. But anyhow, and they're like this in kindergarten. They're six years old, smiling bigger than day. They weren't looking and seeing color. They were looking and seeing friends and, and, and buddies and and. When they graduated high school, I got a picture of all three of them together. They were still best friends. They still fellowship today, even though not in the church like I would have it. But God's got them, I believe. And I put, I put my son in God's hands, and I put those other two boys. But that's the way God created us to be. It's not, it's like Martin Luther King wanted the, the he had the dream of a colorblind society. And, and, and God doesn't look at Rasan and say, oh, and, and I've been guilty of it in the past of saying, yeah, well, you know, my, my Pastor Mark, he's like half Korean, half white. But pastor Rasan, yeah, I'm, I'm under a black pastor. You know, and, and, and well, yeah, I was under this other guy over here. He was a white guy, but that didn't last very long. You know? <laughs> I don't know why, but. But God's always put a love in my heart for people. And, and 
and he put this guy in my path for a reason when we were speaking because Mark at the last minute, which he would do to me quite often, which praise God, but he knew I liked to talk about Jesus and, and sharing my faith. I get up and, and never had a microphone on and they put this thing on my ear and I'm live on the internet, people in Pennsylvania and California are on, and I'm up sharing about sharing your faith and, and about soul winning. And this young man, Derek, stands up and he looks at me and he goes, and he leans over to his pastor and he goes, and she goes, that's fine, go ahead. And he, look, he stands up and goes, how is some short white man going to come in here and tell me how to talk to my people? And I went like this, I was just like, looked at him, broke out a big smile, started laughing. I was like, going, praise God. I said, your people. I said, I thought we were all God's people. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And about that time, somebody comes in the back door off the street. And I looked at Mark, I said, come here. And I said, took the thing off. And I walked out and I grabbed Derek by his hand. And I said, hey, Derek, come on, buddy. And we went back. And this guy was strung out. Tried to get him to come in with us. Prayed, you know, and, and sit there and prayed with him. And, and told him how much God loved him and he couldn't love him any more than he did right then. I said, and he doesn't want you to live like this and there's, there's a way out, there's a way, there's a release, you know. I said, he, God sent Jesus to this earth to die for you so you could be delivered. You could have his salvation and that salvation is to be saved, healed, and delivered. And, and we come back in, the guy ended up leaving, didn't give his life to the Lord, but he allow me to pray for his protection over him. Come back in, Mark sees me coming and he gives me the thing back, I put this thing back on my head and then Derek stands up, leans over to his pastor again and she says, go ahead. And Derek looks up at me and apologized. He said, he said, you're the real deal. He said, he said, you, you didn't treat that guy any different, you know, because of his, you know, I said, we're no different. God created us all in his image. You know, we're all his children. Some of us are lost. He wants us all to come home. We all won't come home. But how do we know if that guy was going to come home or not if we didn't take time out? I said, because it wasn't about me. I said, I was up here asked to speak, but it's not about me. If somebody walks through that door, I might say, hey, Rasan, come up here, Marshall. Come here a second. And, and if God puts it on my heart. And God did that. He lined it up to show this young man that it's not about the color of our skin. And I said this in my last message. It's not about the color of our skin, but the covering of our sin. It's, are we going to do what pleases us? Are we, are, are we going to get caught up in our feelings? and live according to our feelings or are we going to get caught up in God's word and live according to his word because Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father but by me and, and, and as far as on, on race I, I made a list of different men of God 
and, and I could have made a list down this whole page, but I listed 11 men of God. I was saved by what the world would call a Mexican. God put a little short guy that this tall, one of my best friends on the planet, Mark Thomas, half Korean, to come in and help me to have a closer walk with God in the beginning when I first got soaked. Then he put Fernando the trail, which you all know. Pastor Nate Arson and Corona and Nathaniel. James Thomas, Jr. Reveal, Wade, Grungy, Kevin Bledsoe, and my brother Rasan Wigfall. And and you know, and each and every one of these men and and, and, and women, there's one woman that's on the list, but there's other women and other men that God has used in a profound way in my life. It's whether I'm going to be, I've had some who will skirt around issues. I, I didn't list any of those who would totally skirt around the issue that I have because I have issues. I'm, I'm not perfect. But he used every single one to show me things about myself, to show me things about him, most importantly, and, and to help me to want to grow closer to God, whether it's because of something they said or did or may have preached. But, most importantly, God uses people in our lives not because of their color, because out of these 11 men and the one woman that I have listed, all of them have more melanin than me, except for one. <laughs> you know, except for one. And it's like, if it was about the color of our skin, I don't know what I would do. You know, because it's like, God in His Word, let's, let's turn to Ezra, chapter 9. There's four different places in the Bible where God speaks on race that He's not talking about um, an athletic event. And I'm going to read two of them. In Ezra, chapter 9, verse 2, I'm going to read the first half of this verse. It says, but they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy race has intermingled with the peoples of the land. And then in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy.
there are two races. There are two races on this earth. All of us came off the boat, that, off that ark that Noah built, built. We all came off the same ark, but there are two races. You're either of the first Adam or the last Adam. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, talks about the first Adam and the last Adam. We're either of a sinful nature and of the world, or we're God's children. Amen. And, and, and when it talks about being unequally yoked, it, 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 it's not talking about what nation you came from, but it's whether you're a child of God's. Back in the Old Testament, you had the Jewish nation and the other nations right around, but as Christians, as children of God through Jesus Christ, as born-again believers, we're children of God. So we're set apart from the world or we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be set apart. And we're supposed to trust that God knows what He's doing. And, and, and He does because He knew what a sinful world this is. He knew what, how sinful men and women were. He knew, I know He knew how sinful I was. He allowed me to break myself in, in, to a point where I couldn't pick myself back up. And only He could. And I thank God that the Holy Spirit opened my eyes and my heart to where I cried out to Jesus, to where I put my life in His hands because I, 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 I was a mess. And, and we all have issues. But the Bible talks about many different nationalities, but in Christ it talks about one body. He doesn't, doesn't break down by races doesn't call us different races with different nationalities. The different races is, is people of the world and the people of God. You're either, you're either a child of God or you're a child of the world or a child of the devil. There's, there's no in between. Mm -hmm. You're one or the other. That's your two races. And, 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 and when, when I look at these, these men of God that I listed, and, and I look at Rasan and I look at everybody in this room. I look at brothers and sisters in Christ. Look at brothers and sisters in Christ. If I walk in, in, into a Wawa and, and see man or woman, the guy puts in my heart to speak to, and, and I'm looking at them as either a brother or sister in Christ or a potential brother and sister in Christ. Because if God stops me, stops my feet, and puts someone in my path to speak to, it's whether I'm going to be obedient or not. And, 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 and over 80% of the people God has used to influence my life are of a darker complexion than I am. And, and over, I would say, 80% of the people He puts on my heart to speak to on the streets or of a darker complexion than I am. Because it's not about me. It's not about me, whether I'm comfortable, whether I'm uncomfortable. But if, if I looked at somebody in, in, a, in a certain way, because I, I remember at the bus station one time, there was this one guy, and I didn't want to speak to him in my flesh, but God pointed him out three times, and I was like going, I walked over, this dude was like looking me in the eye and he's sitting down in the chair and I'm like going, okay God. And 
And I just walked over and I was like, hey, bro. He goes, looked at me funny as saying, you know, God loves you. He said, he leaned forward. He said, what? I leaned backwards and then I leaned forward. I said, you heard me. God told me to tell you he loves you. Ended up speaking to this guy, sharing the love of God with him. And, and he gives his life to Christ. Ask him where he's going. You're in the bus station. Where are you going? He's going to Philadelphia. I said, you're from Philadelphia? No, I'm from Richmond. I said, what are you, what are you going to Philadelphia for? You got family? No, I'm, I'm leaving to go get away from my wife and my best friend to keep from killing them. I'm like, oh, what in the world, man? And then got to pray for him that God would, you know, put forgiveness in his heart, get him to Philadelphia right now until <laughs> God could work on him, encourage him to find a church, gave him a gospel of John that I happen to have, and, and but prayed with him, prayed that God would put forgiveness in his heart. And I'm like going, that was a tough thing and the guy was in a bad way and if I had hesitated or if I went up there not prayed up because I was praying on the way over you know the Holy Spirit do your thing you know because I, I don't know if I can handle this because the dude looked mad he looked mean he was, and he was talking about killing somebody but if I had said no sir I'm going to talk to this little short lady that looks like my mother <laughs> instead of talking to him God wouldn't have blessed me God, God couldn't have um, used me to speak life into this man that he wanted to speak to that he needed to speak to he needed to get this guy to get on that bus and leave town until he could get him in a place hopefully because I still pray for God I've got his name written down in the house pray for him God has put forgiveness in his heart and brought peace into his life. But in Romans 10, 12, talking about different nationalities, it's one of my favorite verses. It says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. The Bible says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of the disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, made us alive together with Christ. We're one body. And, and, and one thing God put on my heart this afternoon was that we are one body. You know, we can't all be the hand, we can't all be the mouth, we can't all be the ear, 
but when we notice that the knee is hurting, we need that hand to come down and comfort it, to, to help ease that pain, because we're, we're meant to hold each other up, to lift each other up, mm -hmm. not kick each other when we're down, or not. act like the world, you know, because like I said, the world will pit us against each other based on, well, you were, you, you said that so-and-so was sinning because of the gang. It's okay. No, no it's not okay. It, it tells me in God's Word, and you take them to God's Word. But we do it in love. We love them. We pray for them. Pray for their salvation. But we don't tell them it's okay. We don't pamper them. It's so easy for people especially some of these pastors with large congregations, some of them with small congregations too as well, I'm sure, will pamper and, and do what Paul tells Timothy that they'll be doing. They're looking for people to tickle the ear, and these, these pastors will tickle the ear, trying to keep them in the seats and trying to keep the offering coming and to keep their lifestyle is what they want, not necessarily what God wants. God don't want us to twist his word to fill our pockets. He, he wants us to preach His truth and to preach His word. And in, in Galatians chapter 3, in Galatians chapter 3, we're going to be going to Galatians 3, 4, and 6, but in, in chapter 3, verse 27 through 29, Bible says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you all are one in Christ Jesus. For you all are one in Christ Jesus. Amen. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. Chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. Says, now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers unto the date set by the Father. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. But when the fullness of the time came, God God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. And because you are sons and daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And then in chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, says, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we shall reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. We have to continue to do what God has put in us, or to pour out of us what God has put in us, which is his love. 
and in his spirit would, would walk by his spirit and share his love and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and tell people of his salvation because like I said salvation is that saved, healed and delivered would walk in his authority and lay hands on people in the name of Jesus we're to encourage people in the name of Jesus. We're to heal people. He tells us that we have the power, the same power that God gave him, the same dominion, if we believe it. But do we believe it? Do we believe we have that power? Do we believe we have that power to see the way God sees? When we're his children, he sees, and that's why I wore this color. That's what God sees when he looks at his children. That's the color, the only color I believe he sees when he looks down at his children. It's that blood, that blood of Christ. We're covered in his blood or we're not. And, and, and that's why I go back and say, that, just to stress that point, that you're either a child of the world or a child of God, child of Satan or a child of the Most High. There's no in-betweens. And, and we just, we can't let the world view creep into the church which and I believe every one of us has spoke on that before we can't allow the world view to come into the church, we can't water down the word to fill up the seats we have to stand firm with what God tells us I'm like going God I don't understand and I do and I don't understand why God wanted me to speak this word it's because he wanted me to speak this word. He knew before the beginning of time he was going to have me speak this word. He knew I was going to be uncomfortable speaking this word. But he knows that I was going to speak this word because I love him and I trust him. And if I'm willingly obedient, he's going to bless me. Might not be the way I would think I might be, might be blessed. But he's going to bless me somewhere along the line. And hopefully it, it's, it's in my spirit just to let me walk in the fullness of his joy. And, and you know, he, Jesus said that we have to forgive. And, and Peter says, how many times? What do you mean? I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta, how about Paul, man? He jumped all down Peter, you know, he rebuked Peter in front of everybody. But if he had done that before Jesus it sent the Holy Spirit. Peter's reaction would have been a whole lot different. Peter received the correction because he had the Holy Spirit inside of him. But before Jesus died on the cross, I could see Paul coming to Peter and Peter going, huh, what? Hold my glasses. <laughs> you know, because he didn't have the Holy Spirit of God and, and Peter was a little rough around the edges because Jesus told Peter, said, got to forgive so your father can forgive you. Peter's like, how many times I got to forgive him? Seven times seven? He said, no, 70 times seven. As many times he comes to you and asks with a repentant heart, you forgive him. That's the way God's done us. That's what I know sure that's the way God's done me. He's been very repentant and, and, and it's a growing process, but as long as we're seeking God and we're walking towards God and we're looking to his direction in our lives, He's going to give it to us. Sometimes it might be through a man of God or a woman of God pulling you off to the side and saying, Phil, or, you know, Susan, 
tighten up. You know, I've had, I've had a man of God tell me that I need to learn to keep my mouth shut <laughs> or I was going to miss God's blessing before because of me being rough around the edges. And, and I really, I pray about that all the time. God, just help me to speak what you want me to speak, not what I want to speak, not, not what might come through my lips, but what you might carry through my heart because I can't do it without you. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. And, and we can love each other the way God loves us because he's put that love in us to love him and to love each other and to love our neighbors. And if we do that, then we're not going to commit these abominations and these sins that the Bible talks about and clearly calls sins, and we're not going to run around chasing people's wives, and we're not going to run around falling down drunk, rolling out the road, you know, wherever you're at, we're not going to be killing people with our words. As the Bible says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. We're not going to, if we have the love of God in us, we, we can't hate our brother because if we hate our brother, we hate God too. Mm -hmm. So if, if we've got that love of God in us, all we have to do is ask God to give us the courage to walk in it, to open up let his love flow through us and his light shine through us. And with that,